the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome. Thanks for coming along for the uh, Thursday edition of The Ride Home. Kathy, uh, do the days mean anything to you? Mm. Uh, Thursday to Monday to Sunday, mm. it's some of the same it's, uh, it's Mexican Fiesta night at the uh, Emmons household. Mexican Fiesta? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Nice. What are you, do you doing? Wish, do you wish you could be here? Yeah, because we're having hot dogs. Oh, okay. Is that a salute to the O? <laughs> uh, no, it's, I don't know what it is. All right. Last night we had this really fabulous lamb vindaloo thing. It was really excellent. Oh, that's really curried. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I went in the refrigerator. T- I was, hey, oh, they get a pack of uh, Hebrew Franks, which I, which I love. So, okay. yeah. Well, what's good. a Mexican fiesta at the house? Yeah, in fact, I've I've made a, a vegetarian chili, and we're going to do uh, quesadillas. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh-huh. Okay. Looking forward to it. Happy Thursday to you, Mexican quesadilla. <laughs> Thank you. I'm yeah. not sure why we're talking about that, but I'm glad to, John. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so for people right now in this really weird time, I think everyone's been looking at their expenses, right? Um, yes. Because are you going to have a job? Uh, are you unemployed right now? How do you t- make sure that things are trimmed, that sure. you know, you're in control of expenses because who knows how long is this going to last and what's going to happen? Right. So I uh, saw a piece about uh, here's what to trim and what not to touch from your budget while the Ooh. pandemic is going on. Okay. So you're going to give me financial advice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been looking forward to this for years. You do not want financial advice from me. But I'm going to wing it, Kath. Okay, okay? I'm ready, John. Actually, Wait, I got my a, pen in hand. This is from a New York Times article. Thank goodness. Uh, Emma Patti, P-A-T-T-E-E. Okay, is, she uh, might know what she's talking article. about. Emma says that uh, you should start re- by reviewing your three biggest expenses, your housing, your transportation, and your food. If you have two cars, reduce or cancel the insurance for one car that you're not driving because no one's going out anymore, Right. Your restaurant budget should have dropped significantly because businesses are closed. Right. And if you're still doing takeout, maybe you want to just stop doing that as well. Well, except we want to support our local merchants, don't we? Um, A lot of things that we think of as as essential, cable subscriptions, gym Mm -hmm. memberships, birthday gifts, date nights, that uh, evening glass of wine, start looking for options in face of that, right? Because you can save a lot of money by doing that. What, by, by not doing a glass of wine? Yeah, by, you know, stop your drinking. Okay. Get rid of your cable. Cut down on Netflix, whatever, right? Well, like, no one's going to do that right now. No Maybe one at this will. point is going to cut their cable and Netflix. You might put up the old rabbit ears, oh, right? The old, yeah, okay. Right? Uh, I don't know. What's okay. this lady's name? Her name's Emma Patti. I don't P-A-T-T-E. know about Emma. <laughs> Emma. Okay. Uh, don't kill the messenger. Um when it comes to expenses, she says, you can't cut out completely housing, utilities, internet, phone bills, insurance, but you can try to renegotiate. 
Mm. You could tell the people, hey, look, I've been a loyal customer for yes. a long time, right? Yes. Um, come back to me when this is all over and maybe we can make things you know, a little better. But right now, you don't want to lose me entirely. So can you help reduce things at the minimum? you know, reduce the interest charges on things. Yeah. And that's a very good idea. I think that's so a too. very good. Most people though, don't are not going to have the courage to do that. Well, then why would it require a lot of courage to do that? Well, to call most people, I don't think are going to call their telephone company and say, Hey, guess what? I've been a loyal customer. I think most people would be a little intimidated by that. Why you're talking I'm not to some saying it's a good thing. I'm just, I'm, really? I think in general, people would, not go ahead with that. If not that it's not it, a good idea because I'm sure it is a very good idea. Emma. Well, the person that you're talking to on the other end of the line, they're probably in the same boat that you are in. Right. right? Mm-hmm. It's not as though you're talking to the, you know, the CEO of AT&T, right? Even if it was, so what? I'm just saying, I think there'll be some reluctance. All right. Well, don't be afraid to ask and ask again as this goes further and further. Because my okay. guess is- no, I like it. You're not the only person who's making that phone call. Okay. Maybe thousands, if not millions of those phone calls that are going on right now, right? Okay. Anyway, that's just a brief primer. I mean, I like the idea of the car insurance. Right now, I got three cars sitting in my driveway. Three. Oh, gosh. You yeah. do? Yeah. I, got I didn't know that. My wife's car, my car, my kid's car. Let's go. Didn't your kid take his car with him? I got another car. Oh. It's an old truck. Mike, how many cars does a man have? I mean, you know, it's just an old truck. Believe me. It's got a bad break. It seems like he's got a lot of cars, Mike. You can no, never no. have enough cars as a guy. Oh, listen Thank to you. you what now? It's all of a sudden it's more like we're top here. Appreciate that. <laughs> are any of them a Ferrari? Uh, <laughs> don't we wish? No, no okay. actually, none of them are. And uh, none of them are younger than uh, 2005. Oh. <laughs> okay. Just say. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's not like I'm driving like, you know, some spiffy new 2020 car. Okay. So the message off the top cut it. is to cut what you can. And to renegotiate the contracts that you've already signed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to do that, right? All right. Okay. And maybe a little, I mean, look, if, if you don't have a job, you're going to be making phone calls all day long. You've got to be slashing and burning your way through all your expenses. Listen, if I had time to make a phone call in a day, I'd be glad. Good grief. There's a lot going on in the world right there now. There's a lot going on. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to talk about a lot of those things that are going on in the world over the next two hours. We're so happy you're with us. We are streaming live on Facebook. If you'd like to watch the show, 101.5 Word FM or the Ride Home with Johnny Kathy, we will wave to you and send you a little message if you send a message to us. Uh, coming up today, John, Jerry Boyer in the five o'clock hour. What does recovery look like? So from an economic perspective, we'll look and look at that and hear what Jerry has to say. In the four o'clock hour, uh, Satan is not that creative. That's good. That's a good message, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, that's a good message. And coming up next, our friend Josh Swamidas back with us, a doctor from Washington University in St. Louis. We're going to talk to him about hospitals today, the challenges of frontline workers. This is a message all of us should hear and need to hear. So we look forward to it. We're glad you're on with us today. It's the Thursday edition of The Ride Home. W-O-R-D. At home, at work, or when home is work. 
We're here with the information, teaching, conversation, music, inspiration, and hope you need right now. Use your smart speaker to connect to Pittsburgh Station, sharing the word that changes the world. Okay. Find us at The Word Pittsburgh, 101.5 WORD. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. The coronavirus pandemic has caused a lot of chaos lately. But something good that's come from it all is that Americans are waking up to the fact that we make too many things overseas and are reliant on China and other nations for the products that we need most. Enough is enough. Authentically American is a veteran-owned, patriotic, made-in-USA apparel company. They produce the highest quality apparel you can find, and it's all American-made. While other companies are waiting for their supplies to come in from Asia, Authentically American is still going strong, putting our neighbors to work every day. They also give 10% of every purchase to charities that support our veterans and their families. Use code SALEMPITTSBURG to get 10% off your entire purchase. Don't spend one more dime on products made overseas. If every American spent an extra $3.33 on U.S.-made goods, it would create almost 10,000 new jobs in this country. Shop at AuthenticallyAmerican.us and use promo code SALEMPITTSBURG to take 10% off your entire purchase. That's promo code SALEMPITTSBURG. Where is yours made? Oh, whale! Guys, whale! Wow, whale. Oh, that's a big whale. Um, okay. Whale, whale, whale. Oh, no! Whale! The tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Get a quote today in as little as three minutes at progressive.com. Well, at least it wasn't a shark, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Unless you work in a hospital or love somebody who does work in a hospital, for the most part, uh, from the outside looking in, we really have no idea what's going on mm-hmm. behind those walls. You really don't. I mean, you hear the stories, and, and you know, in your mind, you, you know, you want to give great and deep appreciation for what's happening in those front lines, but what? What is that day-to-day existence like? Well, Dr. Joshua Swamidas is with us. Dr. Swamidas is a scientist, a physician, associate professor of laboratory and genomic medicine at Washington University in St. Louis. He uses artificial intelligence to explore science at the intersection of medicine, biology, and chemistry. Uh, Dr. Swamidas came to us um, a few months ago to talk about his brand new book called The Genealogical Adam and Eve, The Surprising Science of Universal Ancestry. Here today to talk to us about the divide and what's happened in these intervening months where more than 50,000 people have passed away in the United States. Dr. Swamidas, welcome back to the show. How are you today? 
I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Josh, thanks for the work that you're doing. And off the top, we recognize that you don't work with patients, that you work in a research lab, but we also know, or at least I know, because I worked in a hospital for a long time, that everything's interconnected. And so from your perspective, give us a little window. What are things like now? Yeah, so last time I was on, on your show, I said a lot of people are going to die. At that time, actually, only I think 1,500 people had died in the United States. Since then, over 50,000 people have died. It's been pretty dramatic. And that might not seem like a lot, but that is, uh, that is quite a bit more than we would expect at this time of the year during this time. It, it's, 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 uh, it's really honestly unprecedented in any time in my lifetime and in even the senior professors that have been here. This, this is really something different. Yeah. And uh, I'm a scientist. I am a medical doctor as well. I'm in a medical department um, in the pathology department here at Washington University. And it's been um, a very uh, sobering perspective from here. Uh, St. Louis wasn't hit hard like uh, like uh, the East Coast or like uh, or specifically New York, where I have friends too. But uh, even in even in St. Louis, where it hasn't been hit so hard, the impact has just um, it's hard to overstate how disruptive. This has been to the healthcare system. Mm. Uh, WashU alone is expecting about a, nearly a, a $1 billion loss over this next year in, of, oh of, of funding. And, you know, we're, we're a strong medical school. We're an institution. We've been around for a long time. Um, some rankings put us uh, as a top five medical school. But just think about that for a moment. I mean, we, we, have, we also have a large endowment. We'll, we'll survive this. A lot of us are taking K-cuts. My admin just went on furlough. Uh, there's, I mean, it's, uh, this is just not, this is unthinkable just a few months ago. Mm. But what I'm really concerned about is what about all the schools that are not a top five medical school uh, that are, you know, maybe a top 10 or a top 20 or a top 30. There, there are a lot of hospitals, a lot of medical schools, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, they may not actually survive this. Really? Now, Josh, we tend to think, you know, here we are in the city of Pittsburgh, and we have uh, two gigantic health behemoths, uh, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center and Highmark, and they operate their own hospitals. I mean, generally, they're the largest employer here in the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, often their marketing budgets, I'm sure, are through the roof. We always think that they have very deep pockets and they would survive, survive this blip. But you're saying there are many other healthcare operations around the country that just might not survive? Yeah, I, I, and I think that so th- this is the paradox, right? You'd think this is a health crisis, so hospitals would do well, right? <laughs> but the problem is that um, that while we don't have enough resources or we're afraid we're not going to have enough resources when it comes to things like taking care of COVID patients, all of the ways that we typically make money in a hospital to just cover the bills those uh, those are dramatically reduced. Uh, for example, surgery departments are particularly hard hit. Um, and, you know, places like Mayo Clinic and others that are, once again, really big brand names, large, successful places have had to actually lay off large numbers of physicians. And one question that might come up or some kind of is like, why don't they just repurpose them to work on COVID? Mm-hmm. Well, the thing about it is that 
when you think about what's required, and, and what's, what's particularly ironic, I would say, is that there's a real concern about a shortage of physicians, too, through all this, while physicians are even being laid off at times. So what's going on? I think part of what's going on that's important to understand is that to actually take care of a patient in the ICU is incredibly difficult. <laughs> it takes very specialized training for years. There's been a lot of talk about a ventilator um, you know, shortage, but you know, before, I mean, it's just as important as actually finding people who can actually use those ventilators, and it is not easy. You know, I'm a medical doctor. I went to medical school. Um, most, I mean, I have many friends that are medical doctors, too, and most of us don't know how to sure. actually take care of a patient in ICU because that takes very specialized training. Sure, sure. Josh, let me interrupt you for a minute. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Joshua Swamidas, who's a scientist, a physician, and associate professor of laboratory and genomic medicine at Washington University in St. Louis. Josh, there was an article in today's Wall Street Journal about the difficulties in particular for rural medical networks who don't have yeah. very high numbers of COVID patients at all, and yet their numbers of all the elective procedures that sustain them as a system, as you mentioned, are not going on. And so they're kind of, they've got people who have all sorts of time on their hands. They've got people who are looking to perhaps getting a, a job discontinued or at least furloughed, like you mentioned, just because there's not enough work for them. Yeah, it, it's a paradox. And it's weird. It's, it, 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 I, think, I think one thing that I'm really concerned about is how this is really increasing distrust because it's so complex and confusing and costly yeah. altogether. Yeah. So, look, no one that I know, I've not met a single person who's thrilled about the economic damage this is causing. <laughs> like, I, 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 I can't, I mean, perhaps like a, some perverse political operative somewhere is like happy that the economy is tanking for some political purpose, but that is just such, I mean, it's so far from the minds of any of my colleagues. Like, no one wants it this way, right? Right. But, but healthcare is complex. I mean, to give you an example of how I think there's just a lot of confusion. One uh, one thing I saw in social media and online is how people were going to hospitals with cameras and looking around and saying, "Oh, all the hospitals are empty." What do they mean that there's actually no uh, there's not enough resources, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing about it is that the hospitals are actually underutilized right now. Mm-hmm. We're running out of some resources, and a whole bunch of other stuff isn't being utilized. So that's exactly what we expect, and that's actually that's part of why this is so disruptive. And it's particularly right. bad, as you said, in the rural areas. Right. And part of why it's so bad is that we've had really a one-size-fits-all shutdown. And mm-hmm. a lot of people have complained about that. And, and, and I just want to affirm a few things about people, uh, what people are feeling about that. First of all, this is not the smartest way to do things. We got forced into this because of a lot of mistakes that were made very, very early on when, where this wasn't taken seriously. Um, test, we did not do nearly enough testing. Some Asian countries that uh, actually were, um, you know, were exposed early on, we can actually see what happened since then. They did a really good job controlling it. Um, early on, they were testing, um, you know, three times as many people as us, you know, controlling for the population size. They were doing contact tracing, which we don't do, which is like trying to find out how it's spreading and get everyone isolated in a careful way. We, we're not even doing that at all right now. And so when you do that and you don't know about the virus, it kind of creates a situation where you have to do something as 
costly and as ridiculous as a blanket shutdown like we did. Mm-hmm. That, jo- Josh, uh, I'm going to Josh, I'm going right? to interrupt you again because I've got a question from a listener, uh, someone who's watching sure. the live stream on Facebook. Phil, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but why haven't doctors been allowed to restart elective procedures? Is that a government mandate? No, it's not that they're not allowed to. It's still happening. The issue is that um, that a lot of people are afraid, for example, to come to the hospital. Right. Okay. And also, uh, also, you know, we do want to defer them right now because if there's a good reason to just wait a little bit, we can. Um, you know, I had a friend who was scheduled for a colonoscopy. She really needs one. It's, it's required. But, you know, right when this happens, you know, there, there's a risk associated with going to hospital. That's where all the COVID patients are. Yeah. And so, so you know, it got delayed. So it's a really weird area that we're in, Josh, and I'm glad you bring this up because, again, you know, we, we don't think about this, this, this odd divide that's happening. Uh, it's, it's rare that science, I mean, science in this country pretty much is, is the idol, right? And, of course, uh, you and I know and Kath and Mike here, as people of faith, there's always this sort of buffering between people of faith and people of science. And, and so here it is. And then the overlay of politics on top of that, where you have people who are now protesting in the streets, whether, you know, in city and state capitals, and they're going, this is just crazy. It's all a scam. This is all made up. Open up right now. And, you know, let's let's get back to work. And, of course, you know, we all, everybody wants to get back to work, but there's a matter of safety and second waves as well. All those things together are working or not working against each other right now. Yeah, and I'll just tell you that we're experiencing this in different ways. Uh, let me tell you about Nathan Lentz. He's a friend of mine. He's an atheist. He's a biologist, and he took the risk of actually endorsing my book on Adam and Eve. Okay, mm-hmm. he, he's reaching out, right? He, he's making you know space for people. He lives in New York, and uh, just a few weeks ago, he personally got COVID, and he was with his family when he found out, realizing that he'd also infected his family. And then over the, you know, over that time, he, you know, he lost um, two family members and some friends. Some of his colleagues actually lost both of their parents this last month. Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, this is, this is something that, you know, whatever you think, like our initial response, you know, even if there needs to, well, you know, I, I, I've already told you. The way how the shutdown is done was not ideal, and there's a lot of reasons for that. We can we can throw on blame, mm-hmm. but I think our first response to that, the only human response to that, is an immense amount of compassion. It doesn't matter that he's an atheist. It doesn't matter that he lives in a different city than us. It doesn't matter that you know there, there's costs associated with this. Like all that will get sorted out. But we we need to start with this reality of even though it hasn't touched us personally yet, uh, except for in our pocketbooks which is severe, to be clear, and that is going to have severe damage, too. Our starting point really needs to be compassion. This needs to be managed carefully. If we don't handle this well, it'll create a situation that will create even more economic damage. Yeah. The reason why we've had this much academic damage, I mean, this much economic damage, is because we didn't manage this well from the, from the get-go. Right. And. And it will grow worse economically if we don't manage it well from here. Yeah, Josh Lamidas is with us. Josh is a scientist, a physician, associate professor of laboratory and genomic medicine, Washington University in St. Louis. Josh, I want to go back to the uh, Wall Street Journal yesterday because there was a really uh, shocking article yesterday uh, about 
one of the university hospitals in New York City. I don't know if you saw this. A group of residents got together and wrote a letter mm-hmm. to the administration of the hospital saying, you know what, we're like at, as residents, we're dying here. We don't know what we're doing. We're going in to do procedures we don't know anything about. They've got, mm-hmm. you know, psych, they've got psych residents who are working in the ICU. Um, it's it's just and it's hard to imagine when you know you're in St. Louis you know even in Pittsburgh here we just haven't been hard hit just the the hellish conditions that those people are working in I mean you remember when you were a resident were you a path resident Yeah I was I mean yeah, so is, you can you can imagine you're not getting really thrown in a position until you graduate right from not medical school but from your residency and so right. these these trainees as we call them and that's not derogatory <laughs> at all they're learning still. They're actually being trusted with life and death situations. Yeah. And, and, and that, that's terrifying. I mean, when you, have, when you see a patient die and you know that you did your best, but you weren't fully trained and maybe you could have done something better, that is something you carry with you for a very long time. Right. So, Josh, in the midst of all this, I mean, of course, uh, the political divide, the early mistakes that have been made, the chaos that uh, is still happening politically across the United States. Uh, in the midst of all that, you, you're a, a doctor, and uh, first and foremost, you're a person of faith. So when you think about it and pray about it, what are you, what are you thinking and praying about? Well, I think, I think that this is really one of those times where I'm really concerned for my uh, you know, for our country, um, we're a really fractured country. There's divides everywhere, and it's not just political. It's also city versus, you know, rural. It's also, you know, the religious side too. You know, Christian versus atheist. There's also experts versus lay people. You can go down the list of all these sorts of things. You know, the people who have health insurance versus those that don't. Those that are documented versus those that are not. You can go down the list of all the divides that we have, and this virus is not just infecting um, people's lungs and bodies. It's infecting you know our society. There is this real way. It's really challenging us on all these fractures, and you know we're just too connected to be able to get away with the belief or the idea that it can you know this virus can affect them and not us. This is something that we need to start really thinking about things together, even with those people that we don't trust and that we think are our enemies. I mean, we need to find a way to work together. I think it's just very against our instincts right now, and that concerns me, and that's what I pray about. I'm into that. Well, Josh, thanks. I mean, it, the take is uh, very unique. Yep. We certainly appreciate you sharing it with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, one thing I would just say um, to, to think about is like, one of the concerns that I think I'm really concerned about is people having like an anti-science or anti-expert uh, rhetoric arising. Yep. You know, I'm not saying you need to trust experts. Experts make mistakes. If you follow closely, you'll find out that a lot of us are really disagreeing with one another. We're not in a unified voice, uh, you know, some sort of anti-establishment trying to tank the economy. I can promise you that. Uh, what I would say is you don't have to trust experts, but trust people that have made it their full-time job to understand as much of the data and be as informed as possible. I can guarantee you, I mean, I don't care if they have a PhD not or not. I don't care if you consider them, you know, if I consider them an expert or not, but if they're actually sitting there really trying to honestly look at the data, I, I'm just certain that they have a better shot at helping us think through this and make a good decision than, you know, 
a random in-law that just poked around Wait, for you, you mean, know, you mean that some guy on Twitter, Josh? Yeah. It's hard yeah, to believe. And, you know, Someone who studied yeah. this for decades would do a better job than some guy on Twitter. That's good. No, that's really, it's a good reminder because people have, you know, of course it is. The the fact that we're doing Facebook medicine when we've got people around us who've been experts for decades, I mean, come on. Yeah. It's got to drive uh, the the professionals up the wall, right? My cousin Lenny opining about Exactly. You know what Lenny told me. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. Dr. Swami Doss, thanks an awful much. We really appreciate it. Experts are going to be all right. The the issue is that, you know, we, this is too important for us to be uninformed. Thanks a lot, guys, for letting me, yeah, let me talk thanks, about Josh. it. Sure. Joshua Swamidas, Washington University in St. Louis. He is the author of a book uh, that we love, The Genealogical Adam and Eve, The Surprising Science of Universal Ancestry, Dr. Joshua Swamidas. Take a break, come back. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, something that's ancient, more than a 1,000 years old, and is operating today, helping people in their day-to-day lives. Stick around for that. Hey folks, it's Kenny Woods. Like you, I'm spending more time with my family. And one thing we enjoy right now is watching uplifting movies that affirm our faith. With all the choices, what should you watch? I have the answer. Introducing Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus. It's a documentary which presents convincing evidence that the biblical account of the Exodus is true. Investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney journeyed to Egypt, Israel, and throughout the world to search for answers to one very important question. Did the stories, like Exodus as written in the Bible, really happen? The result of his investigation are monumental. Right now, you can watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, at home. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. Immediately following the movie, a panel moderated by Gretchen Carlson and featuring Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, and Anne Graham Lotz will provide further insight and commentary on the film. Watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, and others in this series. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than a 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. With the coronavirus restrictions, the Prager Store Warehouse will be unable to ship items for a couple of weeks. So, I want to mention this. If you are wanting to listen to any audio program in the Prager Store without waiting for it to be sent to you, let me recommend joining PragerTopia Unlimited. In addition to being able to listen to my radio show commercial-free, PragerTopia Unlimited members can listen to any and all audio programs that are in the Dennis Prager Store, over 1,000 hours of streaming audio. Almost everything I've recorded over the last 20 years, show segments, talks, lectures, courses, plus you'll have full access to all five books of my Torah teachings. It's all on demand. Stream any program, anytime on your phone, iPad, or computer. Plus, everyone who joins Pragertopia Limited gets a coupon code for 50% off an autographed copy of the Rational Bible, Genesis. Join Pragertopia Unlimited today. Go to Pragertopia.com. It's easy and profitable to be Kind to others when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Each day for 30 days, we'll post a new act of kindness that you can do for others. On May 2nd, you could win $5,000, and a deserving organization will also receive $5,000 in your name. You can make a difference in others' lives when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Enter today for your chance to win at wordfm.com slash kindness. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. 
Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Cloudy for tonight with a shower in spots, low 44. Cloudy with a shower in spots, breezy in the afternoon, Friday, high 59. Partial clouds, Friday night, low 42. Saturday, clouds and sun, high 68. Sunday, mostly cloudy with some showers, high 75. Cooler on Monday with clouds and some sunshine, breezy, high 64. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. The Sturmaster Newton Mill in southwest England is a thousand years old. Wow. A mill, right? Wow. So we can't show you a photograph, but uh, imagine like this gigantic, um, large stone building. And of course, you know, the mill with the, the water wheel on it, mm-hmm. been around for a thousand years. Amazing. Now, uh, back in the 1970s, the mill was turned into a, a local museum in a town, and they've been producing flour just maybe a couple of pounds a month. Well, mm-hmm. now with the, um, you know, the pandemic, and the stores were sort of taken away of the flour locally in England. The mill itself has ramped up production, and so uh, they are back at it again. There is evidence of the mill on this site from as far back as 1016, predating the Norman invasion. It was wow. mentioned in something called the Doomsday Book, which is a vast survey of life in Norman England, ordered by William the Conqueror and published in 1086. So on that same site, this mill still exists. Now, UK shoppers have been experiencing um, the shortage of flour on supermarket shelves. And so the mill said, well, we can go ahead and do this. On average, the UK uses 27.4 million households. They buy one bag of flour every three months, which I think is a lot more than those of us yes, here in the United probably. States. Mm-hmm. So the mill in the past few uh, months, I'm sorry, the past few weeks, has produced 2,200 pounds of flour. That is so cool. Yeah, I love it so much. See, that's a thing that was built right and is still doing its job. A thousand years after and the fact. That's just shocking. I yeah. love it. Do you have mill in your, um, or do you have mill? Do you have flour in your uh, in your cupboard? I sure do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are this you, is not a gluten-free household. Are you particular to the, to the brand? I'm really not. Flour's flour. I feel like flour is flour. Kind of like I mean, sugar, if you're, sugar. If you're making bread, I feel like you have to be more particular about the kind of flour. Right. But I don't make bread. And so. Yeah. You? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing, Kat. I mean, you know, flour. I mean, seriously. Not a thing. My, my birthday is Monday. My wife's making me a pie. Yeah. Okay. So, good. So we'll be aware gonna, of that. She's going to need flour for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Coming up next, Satan. Megan Hill says he's not that creative. We'll talk about that next. It's the Thursday edition of the Ride Home. Let's go, Satan. WORD. Next time on The Journey with Ron Moore. First John really focuses on connect. What's it like to do life together? What do you have to do to do life together in a significant way, in a meaningful way, in a purposeful way? That's what John wants to tell us. 
Hi, I'm Ron Moore. Join us each weekday morning at 1130 on 101.5 Word FM. Are you tired of some of the movies that Hollywood puts out? Why not redeem the time you're spending at home with family and watch something that affirms your values? For a limited time, you can purchase No Safe Spaces, a film that reveals how freedom of speech is being threatened and how some are even attacked for their Christian beliefs right here in America. Freedom of speech is important for the spread of the gospel. Truth flourishes where it's allowed to be heard. But your speech and beliefs are under attack now more than ever. People have been accused of hate speech for simply speaking about the gospel. And some politicians have threatened to permanently shut down churches because of the pandemic. There is no more important time to watch No Safe Spaces. Go to nosafespaces.com. Use the code SAVE25 to get 25% off your purchase. That's SAVE25. This offer is only available for a limited time. Go to nosafespaces.com today. You've all helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. You're going to see some amazing offers. Right now, MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today, we're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of amazing products, including the Supima MyPillows, Giza Dream Sheets, MyPillow Towels, Roll and Go Anywhere Pillows, Duvet Covers, Giza Pillowcase, Bolster Pillows, and Neck Pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to MyPillow.com, enter promo code WORD, or call 800 391 Be sure to use promo code WORD. MyPillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with a global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country. Pandemic, market drops, elections. Don't let the noise and fear distract you. Where do you go for clarity in uncertain times? For experienced advice on planning for retirement, tune in right here Saturday morning at 10 for your retirement blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane. Or call Accurate Solutions Group now for help navigating these unprecedented times. 412-515-3355. Investment advisory services are offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. Megan Hill's back with us. Megan's a pastor's wife. She lives in Massachusetts. She's also an editor for the Gospel Coalition. Megan's the author of Praying Together, The Priority and Privilege of Prayer, and the upcoming book, A Place to Belong, Learning to Love the Local Church. Megan, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, Megan, always good. We're especially excited today because we don't want to miss an opportunity to beat up on Satan, right? I mean, let's give our best to that guy. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Good. Okay, Mick. So you wrote a piece of the Gospel Coalition, Satan is not that creative. Now, that's a low blow because you think Satan would be pretty creative in the way he always tricks and fools us. Absolutely. Because when you're being attacked by Satan, it feels like, oh, man, this comes from every direction. Whoa. Okay. Now, you talk at the very beginning of the article about the attack coming for you in the form of guilt. Tell us how that fits into your life and how you feel attacked in that way. So I feel guilty about a lot of things that I'm not actually guilty of. My 
toddler daughter falls and skins her knee. And I spend the rest of the day thinking, oh, man, even though there's literally nothing I could have done. Or I go to church and nobody shows up for the church nursery. And I'm like, oh, why isn't anybody? I feel so bad, even though I wasn't even on the schedule. Right. But I think that this is Satan's tactic because then I'm so distracted by things that I'm not actually guilty of that I really fail to look at my own heart and see real sins that are there and confess them and flee to Christ. Right. So Meg, whenever we talk about Satan, I, I'm always, I always imagine people, you know, pre COVID uh, in their cars going up and down the radio dial and jumping upon this conversation and someone going, really? People are really talking about Satan as this is, this is like a real thing. How quaint, nothing like that even exists. Yeah. Well, you know, Peter tells us in the Bible to beware of Satan because he's our enemy that prowls around like a lion. So it seems like the Bible says that Satan is real and that Christians need to watch out for him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, Satan has led you in misdirection, I think is the best uh, maybe description I could put on it when it comes to guilt. Megan, now sure. it's going to be different, right, with other people. Um, we're each going to experience, you know, temptation and falling into temptation in different ways. Um, but let's talk about this book that you found. Now, this is a book that is not new, written in 1652 by Thomas Brooks. Right. So, yeah, Thomas Brooks was one of the English Puritans, so writing a long time ago, and it's called Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. And it. Brooks talks about what are Satan's tactics and how can we overcome them. Okay, now before we launch in to talk about what the book is, why are you reading a book from 1652? Well, when I was a college student, um, my pastor recommended it to me. And so I picked it up and he said, there's a lot of really wisdom here. And honestly, there's a lot of stuff that's still applicable to our lives today. Satan hasn't gone anywhere since yeah. 1652. so. Yeah, Megan, isn't it interesting, um, you know, for all of the horrible PR, and some of it's deserved, that the Puritans got, what an unbelievable uh, legacy of writing and incisive thought and prayer that they left for us. Absolutely. And it's encouraging to us, right, to know God's people have been dealing with the same things for centuries, and they've been finding the same hope in Christ for centuries. Right. Mm -hmm. So this book... You talk about it, you say it's one of the most precious books on your bookshelves, Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. So this is, if it's a precious book, then you must go back to this often, Meg. I do. I, if you could see it, I have it in my hand right now, and the cover is all bent and the pages have been turned back. And um, when I feel particularly under attack by Satan, tempted to sin or tempted to doubt or tempted to not really love the things of the Lord, this is kind of one of the first things I pull out to look for help. Oh, that's good. Okay. So I, I, I wonder, do you have something dog-eared from the book itself that you could choose to share with us? So in the very first chapter, he talks about how Satan um, presents the bait and hides the hook. That's what he says. So Satan shows us something that looks really wonderful. Won't this sin be really wonderful? Oh, doesn't this look so shiny? Oh, doesn't this look so beautiful? And inside is the hook, right, of having sinned against God. But Satan doesn't show us the hook, and he presents the bait and hides the hook. And I think about that all the time. You know, this sin looks so tempting, but watch out. 
there's a hook in there and it's going to rip mm-hmm. you up inside. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Okay. Megan, so what, then, go ahead, John. Then talk about the, the things that encourage you in this book, because in the article you mentioned that there are things, you know, three separate things that are important to you from this. Sure. So I think the first thing is it reminds us that Satan is real, right? And that he is at work and we do need to watch out for him. Um, Then the second thing I think is that it really helps to have Satan's tactics sort of parsed out in front of us. You know, you got to know your enemy and what is he trying to do? And when you're in that moment of temptation, it feels like so dizzying and so boggling. And when you have Somebody, and the Puritans were great at this, just sort of lay it out. This is what Satan's trying to do. He's trying to tempt you to sin. He's presenting the bait and hiding the hook. This is what he's doing. Then it, all of a sudden it becomes clear. And you're like, oh, yeah, I don't want any part of that. And then I think the third thing that it does is it reminds us that we aren't alone. And, you know, Kathy's right. Satan attacks us in slightly different ways, and we're each tempted in slightly different ways. But Satan is trying to get all of us to sin. And and you're not alone in that when you feel Satan coming after you. Actually, all of God's people are sort of fighting against it. And reading a book from hundreds of years ago reminds you, yeah, this is not unique to me. This is something that God's people have always been fighting. That's mm-hmm. good. Megan Hill's with us. She's an editor for the Gospel Coalition, author of the upcoming book, A Place to Belong, Learning to Love the Local Church. Megan, talk about the balance. You know, whenever we talk and think about Satan, you can err in one of two ways. You don't give him any credit whatsoever and just think that that's just like John said, like some, you know, weird antiquated idea. Or you can go in the opposite direction and kind of see him everywhere. Right. And, you know, John said, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And so I think we do need to be cautious about Satan. We need to be afraid in one level because he is our enemy, as the Bible says. He is the roaring lion that seeks to devour us. But at the same time, if we belong to Christ, then Christ who is in us is greater than Satan. And so mm-hmm. we don't need to be afraid in the sense of, oh, no, I don't know who's going to defeat okay. Satan because Christ is in us. And so we have that hope. Right. Right. So not seeing demons behind every, you know, issue or every place in life. Right. Yeah. The Bible sort of helpfully uses the world, the flesh, and the devil as sort of the categories of yeah. things that attack us. So you know, sometimes it's just worldliness. It's just our, our friends are, are doing simple things and it's peer pressure almost. You know, sometimes it's the flesh. Sometimes it's just in our own our own selves that we desire wicked things. And then sometimes it is the evil one. Sometimes it is the devil that's trying to ensnare us into sin. And, and right, and not to minimize that, right? Because as you said, he does have his hooks in us, and we're believers in Jesus Christ. So for, for a lot of the world who does not believe in Jesus, I mean, the demons are running wild amongst us. So it, it is good to be vigilant about this and to talk about it, and especially you, Megan. I, I know that you're, you're a very uh, particular and very specific prayer. So when you do pray about fleeing Satan and all his evil, what kind of prayers are you engaged in? Yeah, I mean, I'm asking for Christ, who resisted Satan. Remember, he was taken out in the wilderness and tempted by Satan for those 40 days. And so mm-hmm. I'm asking that he would help me. You know, he's been there. He's resisted Satan. He knows exactly all of these tactics and that he would give me the help of his spirit to fight this temptation in that moment. Mm-hmm. Well, Megan, thank you for being with us today. I think it's an important thing to talk about. It's one of those things, as I said, it's important to have balance uh, with, and we appreciate you helping us through that. Thank you so much for having me.
That's Megan Hill. She's the uh, editor. She's an editor for the Gospel Coalition and her brand new book, which will be coming out soon, A Place to Belong, Learning to Love the Local Church. Now, you know what? I, I want to go on and, and look at that book, the uh, Thomas Brooks Precious Remedies right. Against Satan's Devices. I wonder if it's on Amazon or Pre- at Precious our local Precious Remedies bookstore. Against Satan's Devices, written 1652. The author, Thomas Brooks. <laughs> These are tough times for everyone, so dealing with your timeshare may not be your biggest concern. But when this passes, do you still want a lifetime of payments, fees, and commitments for a timeshare you were misled into buying? Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshares and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. Today, we have over 200 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. Give my office a call today. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare contract or you'll pay nothing. Call Wesley Financial now for your free information kit. 800-290-7100. That's 800-290-7100. 800-290-7100. The coronavirus pandemic has caused a lot of chaos lately. But something good that's come from it all is that Americans are waking up to the fact that we make too many things overseas and are reliant on China and other nations for the products that we need most. Enough is enough. Authentically American is a veteran-owned, patriotic, made-in-USA apparel company. They produce the highest quality apparel you can find, and it's all American-made. While other companies are waiting for their supplies to come in from Asia, Authentically American is still going strong, putting our neighbors to work every day. They also give 10% of every purchase to charities that support our veterans and their families. Use code SALEMPITTSBURGH to get 10% off your entire purchase. Don't spend one more dime on products made overseas. If every American spent an extra $3.33 on U.S.-made goods, it would create almost 10,000 new jobs in this country. Shop at AuthenticallyAmerican.us and use promo code SALEMPITTSBURGH to take 10% off your entire purchase. That's promo code SALEMPITTSBURGH. Where is yours made? Hey, John, have you heard about No Safe Spaces? Oh, yeah. It's the number one political documentary of 2019. And listen, it finished its run after garnering the highest fan rating, 99% at Rotten Tomatoes, but it's been blocked from every streaming service. Oh, don't worry. No Safe Spaces is now available to watch for a limited time only, nosafespaces.com. The discount code for our listeners is SAVE25 for 25% off. Watch the film tonight at nosafespaces.com. If you're a licensed counselor in Pennsylvania, Grace Wellness Center doesn't want to hire you. They want to partner with you. At Grace Wellness Center, you'll find the personal support and professional development you need to build your ideal clientele. Grace Wellness Center invests in you so you can invest in your clients. Get the support, training, and personal coaching you need to pursue your passion and build the kingdom with offices throughout Greater Pittsburgh. Join the team at thegracewellnesscenter.com. Thanks for being with us. A little earlier this week, we talked about uh, Save the Children. It's a ministry that ministers, especially during this pandemic time, to children who would normally get their breakfast and lunch at school. 
And so now because school is essentially over for 97% of school kids across the country, there's a lot of kids who are suffering through what Mm -hmm. we would call food insecurity. And Save the Children is engaging local school districts, communities, and young kids to provide those meals today. That's where you come in. We're asking you to step forward, pound 250 on your cell phone right now, and a one-time gift of $100 provides a meal, two meals actually, for 10 school kids. Won't you do this, please? We know Save the Children have worked with them mm-hmm. extensively throughout the many years. They have a ministry of great integrity and just a, a tiny gift, a one-time gift of that $100. Make sure the 10 kids get rid of that food insecurity. Yeah. Pound and listen, 250. Listen, we had Save the Children with us on Wednesday for a one-day campaign, and we are so super close to meeting our goal for them. So super close. And uh, you guys came through and just like inched closer to the goal yesterday, but we would love to just kind of get it over the top and just fulfill what we said we thought we could do here in Pittsburgh. So yep. pound 250 on your cell phone and the keyword to save the children or just go on to wordfm.com. Pound 250, save the children or wordfm.com. Hey, uh, so locally, uh, speaking of our kids, um, I live about a block and a half from our local municipal swimming pool. Mm. Oh, it's is that going to open? I wonder. I wonder about that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I drive by it occasionally and still up on the little uh, billboard outside, it says, thanks for a great season, which is making reference, of course, to last summer. Last season. Right. Um, all over Western Pennsylvania, I'm sure all over the country, municipalities are struggling with this. So mm-hmm. here, um, this is from uh, today's Trib. They're talking about um, the Youngwood pool or the Leechburg, Leechburg pool or the Greensburg pool. Mm-hmm. All these places. They're not going to open up this year. They're not. They nope. already They've already made that, you know, that determination. We're just going to shut it down. Uh, but other municipalities are sort of in the wait and see category, okay. right? What's going to happen? And again, like personally, me, I don't think I'm going to rush out to the neighborhood pool and hang out. Well, chlorine is a power, powerful thing, right? Would you go? I, I don't know. I mean, look, with our jobs, how often do we go to the pool? Well, it's not know, like kid- I'm at the. It's not like I'm at the pool, all, and I don't have a neighborhood pool, so it's a different thing. Right. I'd right. have to drive a long way to get to a pool. Well, when our kids were little, we used to go to the neighborhood pool all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was great. Now, in preparation for this, I was thinking about this. You know what I did? I went on to Amazon. God for God forgive me. I went on to Amazon and I was looking at those blow up pools. What are you even saying? Hey, hey, That's listen a, to me, John. Listen to me. You and I, Kathy Emmons. We a particular heat, drought, suffering with no air conditioning. We in have our no houses. air conditioning, right? We have no air conditioning. Okay, so, but are, so you and so you and I are going to jump in a blow up pool. I put one in my queue. Get out of here! You did not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. John. Cost me a. It's one hundred and five dollars, Kathy. It's one hundred and five dollars, and it's big enough that if I wanted to, I could lay down in it. Oh my gosh. Mike, this I haven't can't bought it happen. yet. I haven't bought it. I'm just saying, look, it's, you know, look, it's, it's oh, tomorrow's going to be May. Do I not want to be comfortable this summer? Do you not have any pride whatsoever? Kath, come on. John. I, I don't want to suffer through the heat. What? Well, like, what? I understand not wanting to suffer through the heat, but an inflatable pool. Tough times. You got to do what you do, right? I got no worries about it. It's not a matter of pride. It's a matter of comfort. Are you going to invite Mike and I over for a pool? I'd be party? happy to. Oh, well, maybe you'd be too proud to come to my little blow-up pool. We could huh? each get a, we Mike, we could each get one foot in. <laughs> Just one foot. 
I like to have Gussie in there with me. Uh, huh? Your little dog? Little dog here. In I'll there, bring my right? cat, Gus. Right. I'm not going to lie. I, I have one of those. Because uh, you got a, you got a toddler. A you have a yeah. child. I have a child. Of course you have one. Yeah. And I'm probably in it more than he is. So, of course. There it is. See, because you're a wise man. 20. Okay, <laughs> it's different. Right. Okay, so you brought this up the other day, Kath. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of um, local events, uh, are we out of here? Are we, are we done there, Mike? Yeah, we're almost done. Oh, holy smokes. Okay, well, anyway, there are, a bun- there are a bunch of restaurants that are also turning into grocery stores. I mentioned right. Eaton Park the other day. You can go pick up your dinner at Eaton Park and then get supplies like toilet paper, milk, you name it. All right. In the meantime, I'm telling you, go to Amazon. Look at those blow-up pools. That Save yourself a lot of hassle this summer. <laughs> Stay cool. We'll be back. All right. My I know. Good. I think I Get out of here. Get that thing going there. Get nothing wrong. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Trump is voicing support for his former National Security Advisor, Michael Flynn. He's raising speculation that a pardon may be coming after Flynn's lawyers released internal FBI documents they claim show the FBI was trying to entrap him. California Governor Gavin Newsom has ordered beaches in Orange County to close until further notice. Days after tens of thousands of people in Orange County packed the beaches during a sunny weekend. American Airlines reporting a staggering loss of $2.2 billion in the first quarter, its largest quarterly loss since merging with U.S. Airways in 2013. Stocks lower after more grim economic news. Another 3.8 million workers filed for unemployment benefits last week. The Dow lost 288 points today. The Nasdaq was down 25, and the S&P 500 dropped 27. This is SRN News. We're all spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. Hey, listen, there's some great news from Windows R Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call. And everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. For a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnarounds in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie-cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie-cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. 
Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Hey folks, this is Kathy Emmons. Like you, I'm confined to my home, spending time with my family. And one thing we're enjoying right now is watching uplifting movies that affirm our faith. With all the choices, what can you watch? I have the answer. Introducing Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, a documentary which presents convincing evidence that the biblical account of the Exodus is true. Investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney journeyed to Egypt, Israel, and throughout the world to search for answers to one very important question. Did the stories like Exodus as written in the Bible really happen? The results of his investigation are monumental. Right now, you can watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus at home. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. Immediately following the movie, a panel moderated by Gretchen Carlson and featuring Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, and Anne Graham Lotz will provide further insight and commentary on the film. Watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, and others in this series. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. Cloudy for tonight with a shower in spots low 44. Cloudy with a shower in spots breezy in the afternoon Friday high 59. Partial clouds Friday night low 42. Saturday clouds and sun high 68. Sunday mostly cloudy with some showers high 75. Cooler on Monday with clouds and some sunshine breezy high 64. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the 5 o'clock hour of The Ride Home. Uh, I think we should probably change the name to the stay-at-home with uh, with John and Kathy, mm-hmm. at least sure. for the foreseeable future. And, Kath, one of the things, you know, this is hour two, so generally during the uh, the end of the first hour into the second, you and I get up from our chairs. Yes. And, we you know, we walk around, do a little, you know. Got to walk around. Do some things Got to shake it out. I tend to go downstairs to the kitchen because I'm upstairs here in the spare room, and I'll get myself a little snack. What? Yeah. You do that? Mike, you, I didn't know there was snacking. Oh, yeah. No, I don't snack. You're in your house, so you can no. grab whatever you want. I don't. I'm not snacking. Generally, I, I vacillate between, am I always, you know, open up the, am I doing healthy or unhealthy? And today, what did you choose today? Swedish fish. Dig it. It's a Swedish, it's a mini Swedish fish. I mean, it's a low rent snack, but it is that's a, a snack. Mm, that's a good one. I got a bunch of them. Do you really? Mm, so throughout the five o'clock hour, uh, if you hear a little munching, you know wow. I'll be chewing on the old Swedish fish. Wow. See, that's one of those things that, you know, if I'm at work in my head, I can't be doing that. What do you mean? I don't know. I can't be like, I'm not, I'm not having like a Swedish fish at work. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Mike and I eat at work? Yeah, that, a lot. I mean, seriously. I mean, a lot. Chow them down. I, I I mean, I support you. I want you yeah. to be happy. I'm wrapping a blanket around myself. For those of you watching on Facebook, we're streaming live. If you want to watch the program, 101.5 Word FM or the Ride Home with John and Kathy. What are you, I'm 90? Actually, yeah, I'm at, no, I'm wrapping a blanket around myself because it's so cold in my house. When When is spring coming? That's mm-hmm. my question. Mm-hmm. Now, is it one of those snuggy blankets or is it just like a regular blanket? blanket. It's a blanket I got. Mm, this, is, this is the Kurt Warner blanket. Oh, yeah. Sure, Kurt Warner nice. was on our show a couple years ago. I don't know. And he sent me a blanket to say thank you. Very nice. nice. It was nice. Wait, I didn't, didn't get one. I didn't get a blanket. He, didn't send he sent one me a MyPillow. 
<laughs> okay. I got a nice Kurt Warner blanket. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have like the Rams or anything. It's just a very nice thick How blanket. How did you get a blanket from Kurt Warner of all people? I don't know. He sent a he just sent a card saying thank you, and then I we had a, this nice big blanket in it. Does it have his name on it or something? No, it's just a nice blanket. It's a blanket. Like it was like his mom's or something. I don't know. He was cleaning I, house. He, but every time I see him on TV, I say, "Oh, thank you for that." Kurt blanket. Warner, thanks for the blanket. I love right. him. Go, watching anything weird? Because people are watching some weird stuff. Yeah, um, I, I saw this and. I, I kind of get this, although people have raised their eyebrow about this. 200,000 people subscribe to something called Drain Addict. Drain, Drain Addict. Addict? Yep. It is a YouTube channel devoted exclusively to an Australian plumber's adventures unclogging drains. <laughs> I almost choked. That's hilarious. Uh, now there's different episodes. That is awesome. Now wait a minute. Now he, this YouTube channel is following him around as he unclogs drains in Australia. It's just him. It's him filming himself, and then he's when filming he goes himself home from while work, he's unclogging drains. Yeah. This has to be. How are people watching this? Yeah. So here, uh, so drain attic volume number four hundred and forty-eight. He goes to work on a pipe completely clogged with tree roots. And then he just shows what he does, and then the water runs out after everything's nice and clean and clear. What? The program lasts about 45 minutes. Whoa. Someone says, Drain Addict is my new obsession, and with over 400 videos on this channel, I think I know what I'm going to be watching for the duration of the quarantine period. The channel is not for those who are squeamish, because as the title suggests, the man is a drain addict, as is he unclogs drains and loves it, and not just water, Mostly sewer drains, so oh. there are tons of okay, you know is, what. So seriously, please be why, careful. You know, yeah. I have to watch this tonight and find Rain out why it. it's so compelling. I have to because that sounds horrible. My guess is it's driven on the personality of the guy. Right, it right? has to be. It I mean, someone be. who's super excited about their work. Of course, you're going to get excited along with them, right? Don't you though? When you read an article like that, think how have I missed the boat? I mean, YouTube stars are made out of the craziest, wackiest, weirdest, most unsuspecting interest areas. And then, you know, then there's us like a year year later, we've got the nine year old kid who's the highest income generator on YouTube and he reviews toys with his mom and dad on top of that. I don't think there's any wherewithal about this. Right. On top of that, I think people love to see some people like I don't know. You ever hear those 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 people that love watching pimple popping videos? Yes. Oh, yeah. please yes. don't even talk about yes. that. So it's just oh, like yeah. it's like the real, one of the reasons why people love watching what's oh what's in your drain? What's in this person's drain? That's right. That's disgusting. disgusting. What is it wrong is with people? Have you yeah, ever done that's... that? Have you ever tried un- what to watch what's in someone's drain? drain yourself? No. Have well, I? Oh yes, I have. Oh yeah, I sure have. My old house. We bought this. We bought this old house within three months of be, me buying this house. There was raw sewage in my basement. Yeah. Three months. Yeah. Wow. Welcome to an old house with old plumbing. Yeah. So the, you know, the, so I had, I spent thousands, t- tens of thousands of dollars to have a drain put in from, from oh, just a mess. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. So we don't need to talk about it. No, thank goodness. No. But drain. I, okay. Here's something else that I watched that is, a, that is different. It's certainly a lot different than drain addict, but it doesn't sound very exciting, but it totally captivated me for less than a half hour. You ready for this? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. There's a disconnect there. It totally captivated me for less than a half an hour. Yeah. Because <laughs> like it, a cat. <laughs> I don't mean. <laughs> really? I don't. <laughs> a really short wait, attention span. Wait, go back. Oh, I love this. I love this. This is great. This is fabulous. Oh, what's, what's over there? 
<laughs> I mean, what's that all about? No, yeah. I don't mean I can only pay attention for that. Like I'm saying, that's how long it is. Oh, okay. Oh. Totally <laughs> captivated for less than half an hour. That's our goal. Listen, no, the entire video, start to finish, is like 26 minutes. Okay. Okay. Okay, This is a guy by the name of Bo Miles, and uh, he put a video together called Mile an Hour. This is what he decided to do. Hmm. He lives on like a circular route that is exactly a mile around, okay? And so he decided that he would run a marathon in a day. But he wouldn't run it in the in the traditional way where you're just, you know, going to go and run it until you're done. No, instead, he was going to run around his block, which is one mile once every hour. And then in between when he wasn't running, he did all sorts of other things like, for example, so he'd go out and he'd run a mile and then he'd come back and then he'd build a table. And then he'd go run another mile and then he'd come back and he'd make dinner and then he'd go run another mile and he came back. Listen, you are going to be captivated for 26 minutes because (laughs) this guy gets more excited as he goes along because he's realizing how much he's accomplishing. And by the end, he is like so geeked about being alive, so geeked about being able to be productive, so geeked about how many basic things he was able to do. Like one time he shines his shoes. Another time he shaves. I mean, it's not like he's doing these unbelievable life-changing, world-changing things. He's just accomplishing a lot of little things, but in a 24-hour period. I'm telling you, you are going to love this guy. His name is Bo Miles. Is it is it produced in the United States? Pro- produced in the United States, and it's okay. called Mile an Hour. That's Very the nice. name of his little film. It's on YouTube? Uh, yeah, it's on YouTube. Mile an Hour. It's like absolutely it. okay. great. All right. Yeah. I mean, do you ever just like, do you do that? Do you surf on YouTube? Oh, yeah. I've gotten yeah. to I've gotten to love YouTube way more since the yeah. lockdown than I Me ever too. did before. I really, really appreciate it. I've watched funny things, thought-provoking things. Well, you know me. I've watched about... 150 travel documentaries. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anywhere but the spare room is where she's going. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I want to imagine I'm anywhere else. Mm-hmm. All right. All we're right, coming up next. One of our favorite guests, Jerry Boyer, will be with us. Jerry's the editor at Town Hall Finance. We're going to talk about recovery from where we are right now, what it might look like from an economic perspective. Jerry in the Undeck Circle next Thursday edition of The Ride Home. Here in America, more than 30 million children rely on school for food, eating breakfast or lunch, oftentimes both, at school. With schools closed, many families are hard-pressed to keep their kids from going hungry without help. Save the Children is meeting the needs of these American families now. With your help, we're making sure that kids get the nutrition they need until school is back in session. Knowing that there's families who really appreciate this and need it at the same time. Your gift of $100 can provide breakfast, lunch, and dinner for 10 out-of-school children in need for one day. It's just important to contribute. From your mobile phone, dial pound 250 and say the keyword, Save the Children, or give online at wordfm.com. Are you like most of us stuck at home these days? You know who else might be at home with you? Rodents. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. The last thing you want right now are rodents eating your stash of toilet paper or nibbling away at your bottles of hand sanitizer. But honestly, these are unwanted guests freeloading on your food and supplies while they risk spreading further disease in your home. 
based on old-fashioned traps, only invites them in when you really should be trying to keep them out. So how do you keep them out? With plug-in pest-free. Plug-in pest-free plugs into any electrical outlet to set up a no-go zone by utilising the electrical wiring in your home, the most humane way of getting rid of your unwanted intruders. Now that's fair income. Look us up at gopestfree.com today. Use promo code PEST20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Are you tired of some of the movies that Hollywood puts out? Why not redeem the time you're spending at home with family and watch something that affirms your values? For a limited time, you can purchase No Safe Spaces, a film that reveals how freedom of speech is being threatened and how some are even attacked for their Christian beliefs right here in America. Freedom of speech is important for the spread of the gospel. Truth flourishes where it's allowed to be heard. But your speech and beliefs are under attack now more than ever. People have been accused of hate speech for simply speaking about the gospel. And some politicians have threatened to permanently shut down churches because of the pandemic. There is no more important time to watch No Safe Spaces. Go to nosafespaces.com. Use the code SAVE25 to get 25% off your purchase. That's SAVE25. This offer is only available for a limited time. Go to nosafespaces.com today. Pandemic, market drops, elections. Don't let the noise and fear distract you. Where do you go for clarity in uncertain times? For experienced advice on planning for retirement, tune in right here Saturday morning at 10 for your retirement blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane. Or call Accurate Solutions Group now for help navigating these unprecedented times. 412-515-3355. Investment advisory services are offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. Ten weeks ago, I think few of us could imagine the economic crater that we are in right now. I mean, holy smokes, it's unprecedented. We used to hear our parents talk about the Great Depression and how brutal things were. Now, I'm not saying we're there, but uh, these are hard times for a lot of people. And what does the, the way out of this look like? Well, Jerry Boyer is back with us once again. Jerry's a regular guest on our show. Jerry is editor of Town Hall Finance, and he speaks to us about all things economics. Jerry, welcome back to the show. How are you today? I'm fine, John. How are you? I see you and Kathy now on Facebook. I'm, I'm watching the video, and uh, that, that's cool. And love you rocking that new beard, man. Oh, uh, yes. Thank you. Very nice. Yeah. It's, We're doing it's the what new, we can. new era I mean... of broadcasting, Jerry. <laughs> it is. Um, and I, I think that's great because I, I, my, my bet is that you guys are getting picked up all over the country and you're getting a lot of people who aren't Pittsburgh people who yeah. are saying, hey, there's this smart, sane Christian talk show uh, in Pittsburgh that we can tune into no matter where we are. God bless you. Well, you, I hope Jerry, we're that. smart and sane. We're trying to do our best to stay that way yeah. in spite of all the craziness. So, Jerry, from your perspective, just give us an assessment. Economically, where are we? A uh, smoking crater of death. Um, <laughs> for the moment, um, but smoking craters of death don't have to last forever. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the economy is definitely producing a whole lot less than it was at the same time last year. Um, so GDP will be down substantially. Uh, we just got the first quarter numbers. So we got the, the estimate of the first quarter numbers. So the way it works is after a quarter ends, Hey Jerry, what's a quarter quarter is a quarter of a year, January, uh, February, March is the first quarter of the year. 
Uh, about a month after that, almost a month, you, the, the uh, government comes forward and they say, they say, this is how much we think the economy grew or shrank in that first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, they said about 5% shrinkage, uh, which is worse than I think any quarter we saw in the uh, Great Recession. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and, and remember, we didn't spend the whole quarter in this. In January, we weren't in lockdown mode. We started a lockdown a little bit in February. It was really March that the meteor hit economically, um, mm-hmm. a little bit of February. So, you know, maybe at, at most a half of that period was in lockdown mode. Uh, so we're now in the second quarter, and that's likely to be worse. Um, and so why don't I sound worried? Um, I don't sound worried because I think the economy can actually do pretty well when you have sh- um, sharp, short, uh, contractions, and then you can come out of those strong. Uh, so historically, when you have sharp and, and short event-driven uh, bear markets or recessions, you tend, to get, you tend to come back pretty quickly and pretty strongly, as opposed to having a long, drawn-out stagnation. I'm back, when, when we were talking back in 2008 and 2009, when I was you know, on this show, we were talking about what does the recovery look like, and is the recession going to end, and is the recession over? And I said, I'm not worried about the recession going an extra quarter. What I'm worried about is will we have like five, six, seven years of stagnation? A sharp mm-hmm. recession can have some benefits associated with it. You know, some businesses, I'm sorry, some businesses need to go out of business and a recession kind of lets us know who they are. Um, and they can come back and we can all get to work again. But policy environments um, or, you know, long wars or things that are destructive of our fundamental capacity to produce those are really debilitating. Those are scarier to me. So if we have two really bad quarters and then we come back out of them strong, then, um, you know, given what we're up against, I think that's a reasonable outcome and we can bounce back from that pretty well. Okay. So, Jer, short term, have we reached the bottom of the crater yet or are we still plummeting? Uh, I don't think we're plummeting. I don't know if we quite reached the bottom. I'd say we're near that. I would say that we will be opening up more going forward. So I think that next week will be more open than this week, and the week after that will be more open than next week. So the trend policy-wise is more towards um, economic liberalization. So we're we're rebalancing our public health versus economic risk. Um, And look, we talked about this last month, this like weird all or nothing thing. Yes, yes. Like either we're in a quarantine, which means nobody does anything, um, or we open it all up and if grandma dies, well, you know, life's tough, um, right. which was a crazy way to look at it. And now we're getting more towards a, oh, wait a minute. If we shut down everything, that also doesn't reflect sanctity of human life because there's suicides, there's more murder, there's more domestic violence, people, there's despair, um, you know, there's addiction, right? We've got, more, you know, a lot of people die from addiction in this country. So if we say you can't go to AA, um, we're killing people. Mm-hmm. Right now. So we bought ourselves some time to build respirators, to manufacture masks, uh, to manufacture hydrochloroquine, hydrochloroquine um, and remdesivir and to research them um, and other medications. You know, we bought ourselves time. We filled our armory with weapons against the disease. And now we're going to sally forth a little bit. We're going to do it a little unevenly and that's fine. You know, I just, I spent all day doing economic briefings for financial advisors. 
And about the same question, you know, what's a recovery? How can we recover from this? And what I did is, I, what I, is to say, let's just put some numbers on things. That helps us, that helps us think rather than react. So if you add up um, all, if you add up sports events, theaters, concerts, um, all the like big public stuff, regatta, you know, here in Pittsburgh, all the things where there's, you know, it's outdoors and it's in the summer and there's primary colors and oldies and fried stuff. Yeah, you had all that stuff up, all of the entertainment, all of the mass gatherings of people. That, that, all, all of that adds up to a little less than 1% of our annual economic output. Really? If all of that went away, if we shut down every movie theater, every concert hall, every museum, every everything, it would be a, so it would certainly be a loss to humanity. I like going to the movies, right? Um, I like concerts, you know, the Messiah sing along downtown. That's great stuff. But in terms of macroeconomic output, we, we would barely notice it. You know, it would be a footnote to the annual um, gross output report. Um, so that's the kind of stuff that we're going to have to open up, you know, more slowly. Right. We're not going to do that stuff as quickly. Um, some of it's a terrible loss, like church camps. Right. Um, you know, we're not going to open up casinos, which I don't think really is much of a loss. But, um, you know, but all of that stuff doesn't really add up to a lot. Um, what you know, what's really big, what's really big is manufacturing, finance, professional services. That's the big value added stuff. That's what the economy is based on. And uh, the whole enter- the whole bunches of people together in a crowded space being entertained is really a rather small part of our economy. Interesting. Jerry Boyos with us, editor of Town Hall Finance. Jerry, as we look toward a recovery, there's going to have to be a significant amount of confidence that uh, spenders have, uh, a significant amount of optimism uh, to get out of the house and to go do something or to go buy a thing. Uh, Talk about what's going to contribute to that. Well, I think what's going to contribute to it is that people people go out because they want to. Right. So we already have a desire. We set up the economy to uh, fulfill our desires, both the good and the bad desires. So there's reasons why, you know, there's there's, there's reasons why there are stores. There's reasons why there are entertainment uh, venues, venues. There's reasons why there are jobs. So we want to do those things. We have a natural want to do them. We are overcoming our natural desire because either because we're afraid Mm-hmm. which is a different natural desire, or for a lot of people, we're just doing, you know, we're following what the experts are saying, right? The expert class is saying, this is dangerous. We need social distance. We need a lockdown. And so I think a lot of people are saying, okay, that makes sense. Um, and then after about six weeks, we're saying, now, why do we all have to stay home? Um, aren't different people at different risk levels and aren't different places at different risk levels? Like in Pennsylvania, it looks like this thing peaked in Pennsylvania in early April. Excuse me, in Western Pennsylvania in early April. We're mm-hmm. not Philadelphia. So the governor seems to kind of think like all of Pennsylvania is Philadelphia, but we don't all have the same population densities, et cetera. So I think there was an initial, first of all, there was initially, oh, they warned us about everything. They said SARS was going to do this, and they said eggs were going to kill us, and they said global warming's going to kill us, and blah, 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 and they're always wrong. And then there's this realization, oh, no, 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 this is real. Right. So then we're real. And then we move to the phase of we'll sacrifice grandma. Right. Um, and that's like, no, we're not going to do that. And now you get smarter and you start to say, OK, it's real and we needed to take precautions. Now, can we start to weigh precautions and risks? Can mm-hmm. we be grown ups about this? Um, I think, you know, biblically, 
I've, I've tried to study what's the biblical thought process for wisdom. And, you know, man looks at the appearance, God weighs the heart, right? There's all this biblical material about siding with a crowd versus weighing. So when you weigh, when, you're, when, a, when there's a tug of war, two camps pull in different directions. But God hasn't joined either of those sides. Solomon, you know, who's trying to be like God, who's trying to have discernment, what, that, what, what, what biblical wisdom does is it weighs both sides and it takes both of them seriously and it tries to find discernment um, and it tries to find a way to maximize flourishing for everybody. And we're moving there. So the president and the administration, uh, he's got an economics team that's more, hey, you got to open up. He's got a healthcare team that's more like, oh, no, we need to stay more closed. And those teams are talking to each other, and the healthcare people are recognizing that there's a risk to health with staying shut down. And the economic people are realizing that if we, sh- if we open up too much, then we're just going to have another outbreak, then we'll have to shut down again. And we're beginning to just slowly move towards a position of discernment. And I think as we get closer and closer, we'll be able to open up more and more. And I think as people see that happening and they see more people going out, they'll be willing to go out. I don't think we're going to necessarily stay super hunkered down. I mean, I'd be ready to be going out in a week or two with a mask. Masks, by the way, they were understated. You know, there's a lot of research on masks. Early on, it was like, oh, you don't need a mask. Right. Masks don't do anything. Right. And then sure. we found out that that was kind of like some of the some of the experts didn't want anyone buying masks because they thought we'd run out of masks. But when you actually look at the research, masks are really helpful. Um, so you love your neighbor. Wearing a mask is probably oh, a good, good idea. So if I'm wearing a mask, I'd be perfectly comfortable shopping you know, now. Um, so I think we'll, we'll come out probably pretty quickly and physically out of our houses, probably pretty quickly. And especially as more people come out then more people will say, oh, it looks like it's okay, and they'll come out too. Jerry, I can tell you how much of a breath of fresh air that is to hear you say that because, you know, we've heard so much bad news for, you know, seemingly the last few weeks or a couple of months. So to have you say that, it, it really is really helpful. What, I'm oh, wondering about this, air. though. What about the, you know, um, a debt? I mean, uh, whether it's the local municipalities, the boroughs, or the city of Pittsburgh, or Allegheny County, or the state of Pennsylvania, or the federal government. I mean, you know, bills aren't being paid and debts being piling on. The government's cutting checks by the trillions of dollars. How does that all play into this? Well, that's what I'm really scared of. I, to be honest with you, you know, if, if you said not that I haven't been honest all along, but what's keeping you up at night, Jerry? It's not coronavirus, and it's not the shutdown, and it's not the recovery. Um, most economic crises we've had have been the result of the policy that we um, in- enacted to get through the previous economic crisis, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just in that, li- like in life, something happens and it's bad and you don't want to face the pain of it. So you lie your way out of it or you anesthetize it somehow or you, you like get through it, but don't really face it. And then that creates the preconditions of a worse crisis later. So let's talk, you know, like in the United States, there was this thing called Y2K, and we were afraid of Y2K, and the sure. Fed came in, and it pumped a lot of money into the system, and that created a bubble, and then the bubble popped, and we had a rather mild recession in 2000, 2001. Okay, so what did we do? Did we say, okay, we can handle a recession? No, we got terrified of the recession. We, we pulled interest rates from 5% down to 1% and kept them there for five years. 
we 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 spent we, we we passed stimulus programs which weren't needed. We ran the printing press and we borrowed like mad because we weren't willing to. I mean, it was like a 0.1 percent loss. I mean, it was a not really a painful recession in 2000, but we couldn't bear any pain. So it's like run the printing press, run the spending um, and just borrow more. So then what did we do? We created a housing bubble and then that housing bubble popped in 2008, 2009. Uh, and we were terrified. And we said, please, government, save us no matter what. And the government created enormous sums of money and intervened in markets in incredible ways, spent in, at mad levels, expanded the Fed's balance sheet, took on new instruments where the central bank was buying bonds, when, you know, at, at all across the bond spectrum, something it had never done in its history. So what did we do? We created another bubble. We created a bubble in, um, in natural gas and oil. Arguably, we made a college bubble much worse. And now along comes that was, let's say it's a balloon rather than a bubble, and along comes a sharp pin. And if you ever have a balloon that's only blown up a little bit and you hit it with a pin, it doesn't pop. But the balloon was blown up with easy money from what? From our absolute utter panic in 2008 and 2009. Um, so, so I'm my base case is the next major crisis will be based on what we're doing right now to get through this crisis. Mm. But at that point, who bails out, who bails out the fed and the treasury department, who bails out the United States government and the central bank? There's nothing on earth big enough to bail that out. Oh, that's no. the crisis that scares me. Jerry Boer right. is with us, editor of town hall finance. We're going to step aside when we come back. We'll talk to Jerry about uh, some conflicting uh, attitudes in the culture today. Some of us want to believe authority and you know, submit to it, and the other people are like, no, 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 I know better. The coronavirus pandemic has caused a lot of chaos lately. But something good that's come from it all is that Americans are waking up to the fact that we make too many things overseas and are reliant on China and other nations for the products that we need most. Enough is enough. Authentically American is a veteran-owned, patriotic, made-in-USA apparel company. They produce the highest quality apparel you can find, and it's all American-made. While other companies are waiting for their supplies to come in from Asia, Authentically American is still going strong, putting our neighbors to work every day. They also give 10% of every purchase to charities that support our veterans and their families. Use code SALEMPITTSBURGH to get 10% off your entire purchase. Don't spend one more dime on products made overseas. If every American spent an extra $3.33 on U.S.-made goods, it would create almost 10,000 new jobs in this country. Shop at AuthenticallyAmerican.us and use promo code SALEMPITTSBURGH to take 10% off your entire purchase. That's promo code SALEMPITTSBURGH. Where is yours made? You're about to hear a commercial for a very unique mortgage team that has a very specific advantage that could save your family monthly and lifelong money. Two things you should know. One, we were started by a dad and his son and his wife and his sister-in-law, and we've grown to be a faith-focused mortgage team that's helping families across the U.S. We're faith and family at our core, and we don't hide it. Two, we've still stayed fairly small, on purpose. We're only about a couple dozen people, a makeup that we believe lets us truly know every person that calls. But we also have a big advantage. Our company is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, a reality that often allows us to get you a better rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money. We 
or United Faith Mortgage at unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Mill Park, Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, Mississippi, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Impact, the church that meets at the landing, is a community of real people with normal problems, struggles, and hang-ups who have found help and hope through Jesus. For us, it isn't about rituals or being religious. It's about letting Jesus impact our lives and change us as we grow in our friendship with Him. For more information about services, visit us at impactpittsburgh.com. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional Dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at WordFM.com, the WordFM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. Cloudy port tonight with a shower in spots, low 44. Cloudy with a shower in spots, breezy in the afternoon, Friday, high 59. Partial clouds, Friday night, low 42. Saturday, clouds and sun, high 68. Sunday, mostly cloudy with some showers, high 75. Cooler on Monday with clouds and some sunshine, breezy, high 64. With your Rocky Weather Forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Coming along, Jerry Boyer's with us. Jerry is the editor of Town Hall Finance. He also uh, posts regularly on social media. Jerry Boyer, B-O-W-Y-E-R. I look for him on Facebook and on Twitter. Jerry, one of the conversations that I think we've all been following closely as it unfurls in living rooms and, of course, across social media is this question about how much we trust our local and governmental authorities. Now, I know, you know, you and John and I are you know, political conservatives. So I tend to keep, you know, what I would call big government at arm's length, um, because I think that the individual can make the best choice for the individual and his family. However, in this instance, I feel like this is what government's for. I mean, provide for the common defense. If we ever needed a common defense from something, it's it's a, a plague like this. And so I am definitely falling in the camp where I tend to say, you know what, I'm glad I'm not governor. I'm glad I'm not president. I'm glad I'm not the superintendent. of, And so I'd rather stay back, pray for the people who are in leadership roles than get on social media and start decrying them. Um, at the same time, I recognize that any governmental authority can get carried away. So, Jerry, how do you see this? How do you decide where to draw your line? Well, I'd say similarly to the way you just talked about. Um, I think you have to be pretty hyper libertarian to not believe that pandemics, um, that there's a role for government. Um, in economics, that's what one would call an externality, right? Mm-hmm. If you go out in a crowd um, with a disease, you are hurting more people than you can possibly ever, you know, recompense for that, right? So um, government is there to say, I mean, it's just like putting out a fire or an invading army. A disease is an invading army. And government, the quarantine is a very, very ancient word. You even have it in the Bible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when there's leprosy, there was a quarantine process. Uh, so it's a legitimate function of government. But, but now we have this problem, which is that there are uncertainties. How bad is this disease? Um, and we have deeper down, we have a worse disease than COVID. We have, a, you know, COVID tends to kill by inflammation, cyto- 
cytokine storm, storms, et cetera. Um, the worst disease in COVID, the worst inflammation is that we have a cultural and social inflammation um, between elite classes and grassroots classes. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't believe our experts anymore. Right. Um, yes. Right. So I'm sorry about yeah. that call through. Um, um, we don't believe in our experts anymore. Um, and if we don't believe our experts, if we have that level of alienation, it's really difficult for us to function as a society. Um, and you can blame the experts. You can blame us. I don't blame the experts or us. I blame both of us. Um, and I think, I think our expert classes to some degree earned our skepticism. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that were said in confidence about, you know, where we would be in terms of global warming by 2020 or right. a lot of things that were said in confidence about diet and what's healthy and what isn't uh, that has been reversed and then reversed, reversed, and then reversed, reversed, reversed. So, you know, our, our experts have been telling us a lot that turned out not to be true. They made a lot of predictions. So we don't trust them anymore. But that, you know, how do I, you, know you know the story of the boy who cried wolf right sure, sure. from Aesop. Okay, so you've got Aesop's fables. By the way, I, say, I think Aesop was a Jew. Um, Osef, Joseph, right? He's a foreign slave uh, who speaks in parables, which was a lot of the Jewish traditions today. So he tells the story about a, a boy who says there's a wolf because he's lonely or he wants to feel important. Um, and then there's no wolf. And, um, and, and then at one point he says, there's a wolf and the villagers don't believe him. Right. And that's a story that we tell to say, oh, well, and, and along came the wolf and it ate the boy and it was his fault. And don't be like the boy who cried wolf. So this is a story about the boy who cried wolf and his badness and the bad thing that happened to him. Well, that's not the original story. In the original story, the boy doesn't get eaten. The flock gets eaten. Mm. So it's not just a story about something that's wrong with the boy. It's a story about something that's wrong with the village. Mm. When the boy can't be believed and the village is so jaded that they don't even bother to look because he lied two times, who lost the most? It's not the boy. It's the village. The village lost a flock. Now, later, like a couple of hundred years ago, we turned it into a boogeyman story for little boys, and we changed the story, and we said, and the boy got eaten. So don't tell lies, Timmy. But the original story, I think, is more true to life, is that Mm -hmm. when our boys cry wolf without a good reason, they're not the only ones who lose. We lose, and there's two errors. One is to believe too easily, and the other is to not believe and not say, you know what, a wolf is a dangerous thing, and even though he lied in the past, why don't we send someone out to make sure? Right. Here's here's the... And I, I appreciate your um, the example of global warming, because I think that, that that makes a lot of sense, and we've seen that come, to, or not come, to, to fruition. But... So I see why people question that authority. I guess my question is, if if people were not forthright or not correct when they were talking about global warming, that doesn't mean that we distrust all authority. And I think that's yes. where we've crossed the line. Yes, we've, we've thrown out all authority, which is a stupid way to think. Um, we just have said they, who's they, them, who's them? I don't right. know, the experts, right. the elites, yes. the global elites. And now we're like the village that doesn't even bother to check if there's a wolf. We've just turned off a large uh, section of us have simply turned off all warning, all authority figures. Um, And what do we think? We think that's good for us. 
oh, so you're on their side and you believe in the scares and the, you know, someone just accused me of believing in, um, uh, what was it, uh, panic porn. No, I'm for trying to get to the bottom of things and automatically believing experts and automatically not believing experts, you know, neither of those is right. So how do you think about a pandemic versus global warming? Well, I'd say global warming, the, there were a whole lot of billionaires pushing the global warming scenario because they had green tech investments. I mean, there was some pretty significant financial interest. They're a little more compromised. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't really think that our public health people, I don't think the people who are running hospitals, I don't think that Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks and the people who work for them, I don't see them having, you know, billion dollar bets on remdesivir or all this other stuff. I mean, they seem to be in a position of their incentives seem to be generally right for public service. So I'm going to give them a certain benefit of the doubt. Are they definitely right? No. Um, but I think they deserve a certain amount of benefit of the doubt. And we have a history of pandemics in the past. We have in the past had pandemics which have killed tens of millions. So it is, it's a genuine possible threat. Does that mean this is like 1919? No, but they're not saying it's like 1919 either. And given the risks, I think we should take them seriously. But we also have to take seriously the risks of keeping the economy too shut down for too long. And we have to balance it. And if we, have a, if we have a society that is so divided and so inflamed, we really can't function properly. And we're in a tough spot. And a lot of people listening to me right now, and they're saying, so who do I believe? And I'm saying, I, I don't know who you should believe. Everything should be different. Our experts should have been more honest with us. And we shouldn't just become so cynical that because some experts have lied, we write off all, all experts. Our whole thought process is broken. And when that, when that whole thought process is broken, it's really hard to make good decisions. And we will not be that good at making the decisions. Right. And I'll take that, Jer. And, you know, the thought process is broken as well as the intellectual process, because I think for a large swath of the population, we've moved beyond listening, even listening to the expert class. And instead, we're invested in these social media influencers. Oh, gosh. Heaven help us. Oh, it's terrible. Social media is become really toxic yes. in the way it talks about these issues. So it is no answer. Um, I mean, there's decent people. I try to form a community of people who are trying to get to the truth. But I got to tell you, I spend most of my time just hearing the same old thing. Um, And so where is it? Where's that community of truth? It should be the Christian community. The church, the believing church should be that. I'm not necessarily seeing that. I'm seeing... We've lost that community. I am not... I am not seeing that either. Jerry, I got to interrupt you because we got to get to a break. Jerry Boyer is with us, editor of Town Hall Finance. We'll step away. We'll be back with Jerry in a little bit. WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. Long after I'm gone, people will be reading this Bible, studying the notes. God will be using it to help them come to know the one he sent the Bible for us to read about. And that's the person of Jesus Christ. Join Dr. David Jeremiah as we celebrate the Word of God from Madison Square Garden. Next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. G'day. I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. Ever since I was a small child, I've always loved the United States of America. One thing I love is seeing how Americans come together and help each other in times of crisis. It truly is unique. As we have learned even more so of good hygiene these past few weeks, it is important to know another threat that has been around us since forever, rodents. 
Rodents carry many diseases with them we do not want around us or in our homes. You can learn about all the diseases rodents carry online with just a few clicks. One of the best and most humane ways to keep them out of your home is with Plug-in Pest Free. Plug-in Pest Free sets up a no-go zone in your home utilising the active electrical wiring. Now that's fair dinkum. Look us up at gopestfree.com today. Use promo code PEST20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. This is Dennis Prager and my friends. They're at it again. The left is doing its best to silence ideas it doesn't like. Hollywood does not want you to see my film, No Safe Spaces, which is why you won't see it on Netflix or Amazon Prime. But now you can watch No Safe Spaces for a limited time at nosafespaces.com. It's time to fight back and protect freedom in America. See No Safe Spaces. It is a great film starring me and Adam Carolla. Go to nosafespaces.com. Jerry Boyer's with us on this segment of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. You can find Jerry on social media, Jerry Boyer, B-O-W-Y-E-R. He posts regularly on Facebook and on Twitter. If you've been following along with this conversation, we were talking about um, the uh, the crater, the smoking crater of death, as Jerry calls it, which is where we are uh, currently in the economy. Then we uh, yeah. were talking about the expert class or social media influencers and the church as well. And so, Jerry, let's continue on the conversation about the church. Kath? Yeah, and yeah, Jerry, in an, in an era of uh, fractured confidence and authority, I'm wondering what kind of role the church can play, or is the church just going to be another institution that people don't trust? Well, I think that, I think church is a little bit like, tr- trust levels are a little bit like trust for Congress or trust for public schools. You don't trust Congress, but you trust your congressman. You mm. don't trust public okay. schools, but you trust your teacher. Okay. And I think that people don't trust church, but they trust their pastor, right? So, there's a strong element of localism. And you know what? That's probably not so bad. I think that there's a certain tendency that uh, if something is local and it's closer to you, uh, it's harder to be a sociopathic manipulative leader. It is still possible, but it's harder to be that when you have to actually look people in the face. Um, so when people, so the closer you are to people, I think your typical local pastor loves his people and his or her, uh, the women pastors too, but more typically men. And the uh, and the and the, the flock loves their pastor, and they're probably both right to do so, because at that level of human relations, 
you know, we're generally pretty decent to one another. I mean, I know mm-hmm. you, you, you people, they fight over the color of the, of the carpet or whatever. I understand that. But generally at that level, just like families, despite their tensions, there is a basic goodwill. The further out you get, the further out you yeah. get from skin in the game, I think you get into more trouble. But see, that stuff doesn't offer much guidance on international politics or the global economy or on pandemics because your local pastor is not an expert on the na- on right. virology or pathogens. So what can the local pastor do? Um, the tendency is going to be we're going to want to download whichever camp we feel most like. So I just read a heartbreaking story about a pastor, a 60-some-year-old guy, um, who was an evangelist, and um, he went down and he, and he was doing evangelism in New Orleans at Mardi Gras. Um, and he put some stuff on Facebook about how, well, they're just trying to manipulate us and ca- cause mass hysteria, you know, hoax, blah, blah, blah. You know that story. You've heard that, sure, right? Sure. Yep. So he goes to Mardi Gras, um, and he, he comes back, and then he, he and his wife are really sick. And guess what? They have COVID. Um, and, you know, another friend gets it. So it's spreading around. Now, he was confident. He's up there as a pastor saying, this is nothing to worry about. This isn't a real deal. This is just them, whatever. And, you know, this is just just the global elites trying to, you know, control us. Um, And he died. Um, And his children are, you know, his children are now, well, his wife's a widow and his children are now being attacked on social media because the expert people, the anti-Trumpies are now attacking them. See these idiot deplorables. It's good that they died. You know, it's like Darwinism in action, blah, blah, blah. That's how, how we are as a, as a culture. So what would I say to your typical Christian leader with all due respect, typical Christian leader, if you don't know, shut up. Yeah. Do not take Jesus's reputation, that yes. collar around your neck, or yes. however you do it, you're, you're, you're dragging him yes. in. So whether you're a denier, or whether you're a, it's the end of the world, or whether you're an expert, and you think, and you read the Imperial College, and 20 million Americans are going to die, you don't know. Stick to your knitting. There's plenty to say about pandemics that you do know, like they kill people, and when people die, they go to heaven or hell. You have something to say about that. You have something to say about helping people when things are tough. But if you don't know, don't say. To stand up in the crowded theater and yell fire is murder. To stand up in a, uh, when there's no fire, to stand up in a crowded theater when there is a fire and yell all clear, that's murder too. Mm-hmm. And if you're yeah. a pastor and you do it, it's murder and sacrilege and taking the Lord's name in vain because you're stealing his authority and you're bringing him into disrepute. You're allowed to not say anything about it, pastors. Stick to your knitting. This is, the, this is, when, you're, this is when your guesses about epidemiology are of negative value. Your proclamation of the gospel and how to deal with tough times is more valuable than it ever, and it ever was in a time of pandemic. So do that and maybe lay off the, uh, the amateur forecasting. Oh, my amen gosh. Three cheers for you, Preach Jerry it, Boyer. Stay in your lane. That's good stuff. Jerry, uh, it's time for you to go because our time's up. But I just got to say, you've done such a terrific job cultivating your online group of uh, contributors and commenters. I mean, I know you put a lot of effort into that. I know you have um, kind of put some ground rules out and you're really hoping to create an, an attitude of conversation. And you Excellent. have done that. And we're grateful. We are, Jerry. It's smart. And, and it's sharp. It and it's very kind. Every day. You've yes. done it with this show every day. This is one of these places of sanity. 
God bless you for what you're doing. Honestly, God bless you. May your tent expand. May more people listen. I'm into that. Thank you, Jerry. Mm, Always thanks, a pleasure. Jerry. Jerry Boyer. Look from on Facebook and on Twitter. Jerry Boyer, B-O-W-Y-E-R. We'll step away. And uh, speaking of craters, that's coming up next. Stick around. It's the Ride Home with John Another and crater. Kathy here. On Another smoking crater of death, John. <laughs> for real. For real. Hi, everybody. It's me, Marsha, from The Spring House. In this brave new world we are living in nowadays, we're planning for a very different kind of Mother's Day chicken barbecue this year. Because we're not quite sure how the world will be on May 13th, we're offering a Mother's Day take and bake on that Sunday from 9 to 3. We'll feature a family meal and also a two-person meal in case you want to drop one off at your parents' place. The meal will showcase all the favorite menu items we've served on this day for the last 44 years. Brother Sam and all the young men cousins on this farm will be barbecuing plump chicken quarters over the open pit outside, dousing it with our secret butter vinegar sauce, while the women folk of the family and lots of good help will be mixing up all the hot sides, salads, and desserts inside. Just in case the world opens up again by then, we'll also fill our buffet with that same great huge menu too. Check out springhousemarket.com for details or 724-228-3339. Hey, this is Laura Story. Are you ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular week-long Alaska cruise after you prepare your heart with worship led by michael o'brien and myself alistair Begg will be sharing from god's word and together we will renew our vision purpose and connection with christ we'll let scripture steer our hearts as we explore god's eternal truths together salem media group presents the deeper faith alaska cruise august 30th through september 6 2020 get more details at wordfm.com slash alaska you know spring cleaning doesn't just mean the deep clean you do around the house once a year you may want to do some tidying up for your business's digital marketing and Salem Surround can help. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Join the T.J. Martel Foundation in the fight against leukemia, cancer, and AIDS. Your support helps facilitate cutting-edge research that will lead to more effective treatments and save more lives. Visit tjmartel.org to learn about music's promise for a cure. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Well, tomorrow, an asteroid that is at least one mile wide will pass by Earth. Now, NASA considers the object named 1998-OR2 to be, quote, potentially hazardous, end quote. The asteroid, of course, will not hit us this time. It won't get closer than around 
four million miles away. However, NASA is saying, you know, uh, the rock is not the only one that could someday sock it to us. Uh, Nadia Drake, who is with National Geographic, she says the risk of catastrophic astronaut impact and NASA's planetary defense plan, including their double asteroid redirection plan for next year from National Geographic, is critical to someday being hit by a gigantic asteroid. I didn't didn't know that there was an asteroid redirection plan. Yeah, uh, apparently it's going to go up into effect. I mean, they're talking about sending spaceships, you know, up into Earth's orbit and being able to blow things up if they come close enough. Isn't that cool? I mean, that's cool. Worrying about another catastrophic thing, I just don't think I have the uh, emotional bandwidth for it. They're saying it's potentially hazardous, Kath. So keep an eye on it. Have a great night. Hope to see you tomorrow in case we get blown up real good. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.